Hey, Monarch Commerce, welcome back. We're at it again. We've got another interview episode for you here today. John's been lining up a ton of these. John's killing it. He's going to be leading a new interview today. I'm going to kick it on over to my man here, and he's going to introduce our guest. Before, John, I got to know how you doing today, bro. I am doing good. I, uh, you know, it's fall. It's, uh, well, yeah, no, we're live. So it's actually going on YouTube now. We're in real time. So yeah, it's fall. I like it. You know, leaves are changing. Winter is coming. Um, speaking of winter, I actually don't know. I don't have a transition from winter into our guest. But today we have a pretty awesome guest. His name's Mason. Mason Doer. Is that how I say your name? Doer? Doer? Mason Doer. Like, because you're a doer. Yeah, exactly. Dude, I, 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 I yeah. wish I could have just, like, gave you the transition. You said winter. I thought you were going to go into Canada. I was like, oh, that would have been perfect. Winter, yes. Mr. Canada himself. Uh, Mason Doer. With us from the founder of the Cardinal Agency, you also have some other stuff you can you can talk about as well. Uh, but in my opinion, you know, one of the better what are the one of the better e-commerce copywriters I know, um, and has a little bit of a unique take in my opinion on on copywriting. Um, not your classic direct response take or your classic branded like just use your customer testimonials. So I'm super glad to have you here today, Mason. And give us your background. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Give, give us your long. What are you, 14? You look like you're like 12. <laughs> 14. What you? 13 now, right in the middle. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I've, I've, uh, I've been a writer for like my whole life. Like I, the story I tell is I used to uh, write short stories when I was like four or five. Like my, my kindergarten teacher was really nice and kind of let me just like wander off and do whatever. Um, and so I would write these stories about this guy and I named him Pinder McGrilly. So like, Indian first name, Irish last name. Don't know where that came from. And he was a super spy. And uh, and it would just be like these three-page little stories. Like he was at a place and then a bunch of like criminals showed up and then he kills him and then he leaves. So I've just been writing like forever. And so um, copywriting was like sort of a, I didn't even know it was a career choice to be honest until I was like 19 or 20 um, because I thought I wanted to be a journalist, but I knew I always wanted to somehow monetize writing. And I fell into copywriting when I was 20 and um, I was able to work alongside you boys. Uh, luckily I got like the best gig ever, like for someone who was like just starting out to be in the, in the agency game. Um, I, I, yeah, I look back and I sometimes realize like, dude, like I can't believe like I actually landed that. Like it was a cold DM to the other partner. Um, and I had like barely any experience. I think I had done like two projects before. Um, but yeah, no, I, I got, just okay. cold DM and him and you got, yeah, you landed. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, and then, so I, I spent 18 months, uh, at the agency and like being an agency copywriter trains you to do high quality work really fast, high quality because you get yelled at if it sucks. Um, and fast because they put you on, I don't know how many accounts, like 10 to 15 accounts and you have to crush that all in a day. So it's like, it's like boot camp. It's like Navy boot camp for, for creative writers. For then, yeah, a copywriter or a designer for anything where there's deliverables involved for sure. Yeah. Poor designers, man. But yeah, no copywriting. <laughs> I believe copywriting makes the world go around. It's uh, one of my favorite activities and somehow it's also a career at the same time. So I'm stoked to talk about it today. Pretty cool. Yeah. It's going to be good times. Uh, we are going to talk about, you know, impact on e-commerce and, and how you can be better at it as an e-commerce person. Uh, first up, speaking of copy, copy goes along with creative. Our sponsor today is going to help you just have better creatives in general in your ads. Um, quick word from our sponsor, Casey, go to the other room. Read Casey, you are an absolute beast right now. You're turning out so many creatives across multiple brands. What is it that is so hard about producing such a high volume of creatives? Why can't a lot? Why can't more brands do it? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I would say if you're doing it the right way, of course, um, you should be always analyzing your your past ads, you know, the things you've already turned out, your most recent uh, test group that you've put out. Um, and that should inform your next round of creation, not just go all willy nilly about it. So I would say that's why it's difficult to speed up that process is because it's always kind of a two pronged approach of, of analyzing and creation, really. So how is it that you are able to do that across like 12 to 15 accounts? Yeah, I mean, it does get pretty wild. But honestly, when I use Pencil, it's not as bad. Uh, pencil is a tool that I use 
it it's got ai that'll help determine what my best ads are it'll even break it down into the best elements of those ads and in that platform it'll automatically generate new ads for me to launch and i can push them live straight from the platform uh into facebook ig um it also works great for other platforms as well like tiktok whatever you're on really if you sound like me and you're always in the weeds with your creatives use our promo code go to trypencil.com use promo code modcom15 you'll save 15 percent off on any paid plan one more time that's trypencil.com modcom15 save 15 percent off any paid plan they have there and uh back to the show all right casey going from the all white to the all black quick change um <clears throat> Okay, so Mason, first up, I'm gonna and, and I'm gonna push back. Like I think that the, there's an easy answer here, and if you give the easy answer, I'm gonna push back against you. So uh, just be ready. Uh, my question is that I'll just leave open and, and allow you to answer: Is how impactful do you think copy is specifically in e-commerce, not in other like selling other things? Right? I think copies. There's there's no question of how impactful it is in certain things like you know info and stuff like that, but. In e-commerce specifically, how how impactful or important do you think copy is? I'm glad you asked this because I'm not going to give you the answer that you think you're going to get. Okay, good. Good. I, I would have argued with you. Okay. I think that copywriting in e-commerce, especially in the sort of new wave, like you like fancy sort of like Sharma style DTC stuff, mm -hmm. it's copywriting is like a little sister to design. Like I actually mm -hmm. think design is the most important thing. Hmm. Um especially the way the page is laid out, whether it's a pay, like a, a lander or an email or an ad or whatever, most people don't read. And like when they buy a product, or at least when I buy a product, I don't even read the ad copy. I rarely read the email as long as I can see the big discount code and bolded letters. I think that copywriting should be a lot more visual, um, which, is, which is why, so the way that most e-commerce uh, agencies will do it or whoever's doing it, um, the, the email has character count limits almost where it's like the header should be five words max in an email. Um, the subheader is like one sentence call to action is like two, three words. You know what I mean? If you're doing real copywriting, like there is no character count or word count. Like it's 10,000 words on a page that's trying to sell you hard. Um, and so I actually don't think that copy is super important. There's a couple like reasons why it can be. And obviously, like, it's not pointless to invest in a copywriter if you're an e-commerce brand. Like, it does serve a purpose, but it's secondary to design. Yes, I'm glad you said that. So I I, I tend to agree that um, design or, you know, what it, uh, depending on the medium, right? So if we're talking about ads, uh, the actual visual of the ad, I think, is a little more important than the copy. Although, I mean, the copy can be part of the visual, right? So... Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, we're getting into some like dicey stuff here, but like, you know, you might open your ad with just a like three second text overlay or, you know, that that's designed to get the attention and that's copy. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so, but it's a combination of like, oh, it's a visual where it's like, we're putting text right in your face, you know, and that's the whole strategy. So, so there's some blend there, but I tend to agree that like on PDPs on in emails, things like that, um, it, it, it's secondary. And, um, you, you can even see this. I mean, one of our go-to tactics that we say in email is like try plain text emails, right? So no design emails, just plain text. Um, and like, you know, some of the best performing emails that we've ever done, you know, are like one line. <laughs> it's just like, hey, we have this thing, right? Like here's the link to it. Um, and you don't really need to say much. Uh, and then you just like sign it from a person. Like it's a personal email from a person. Um so yeah, I, I tend to agree that it's like with physical products, the most important thing is like the physicalness of it, if that makes sense. Um, I would put it this way though. I think that, uh, I'm trying to think of a sports analogy. I'm, I never come up blank in sports analogies. So I, I copy, good copy is like a, good copy is like a good, like, like strong safety, right? Like they might win, it might win a game for you, but it's probably not going to like lose a game for you. Like if you're losing and your brand isn't working, it's not probably because your copy isn't good. Right. Um, but it might like push someone over the edge or push people over to the edge, uh, on your PDP on, in your email, um, that maybe like wouldn't have otherwise. So they, they just kind of identify with you, with you a little bit more. It's my thought. I don't know. What do you think? 
Yeah, I, I think, yeah, of course, copy is important. Like, of course, you need the message to be there. And it depends on where someone is in the funnel. Um, but again, it's not the it's not the most important thing. Um, I think where you lose people is if you're like if you're straight up telling them the wrong message, right? Um, like that that will lose people. I think if you like make dumb mistakes and say stupid things, like I still see typos in ads and landing pages. Like that's just like an immediate turnoff for me. Maybe mm -hmm. it's just me because I can actually see it and notice it. Cause like it's my job basically to edit copy for my mm -hmm. team. Um, but yeah, I just, I just don't see it as the main thing. It's not the thing that most people notice. Like maybe as marketers, we will notice it more, but the average consumer is just not paying attention to the words on the page. Right. Or not much they're skimming or whatever. And, and I, yeah, to kind of extend my analogy, I would say same kind of thing. I suppose I said before, like, you know, a, a strong, a safety is not going to like, you know, lose you a game, but they could win you a game. I think it's kind of either way, right? Like, they got to screw up pretty big time to like lose you a game, you know? Um, and that's the same thing with copy. Like as long as you're just like, you don't even have to be great. If you're, if you're doing okay, like your brand, your product, your offer, all of that really should be carrying you. Um, and then good copy is, is fuel to that fire. Right. So it, it's not a fire though. Right. Like, um, it, it's fuel on the fire. So one thing that I think gets, copy itself gets talked about a lot. And, and I think, you know, without like digressing into, I don't know, some world of like being overly meta of, you know, gurus selling guru courses about being gurus. Um, I think that part of the reason it gets talked about a lot is because so many of the people who speak and talk and sell something in this online space are copywriters. Right. And so they talk about how important copy is because they're selling something about copy. Um, and I think it is in other maybe verticals, but I, I, but specifically direct response copy, I think you have an interesting take on because I think we all think, you know, you're a lot of like classic direct response marketers think like, yeah, I mean, e-commerce tends to be a little bit soft on the copy, right? Like they're not, not as aggressive. Um, and they could do e-commerce could go like, you could probably convert better if you would be more like direct response with your copy, but you don't necessarily think that. Yeah. Yeah, and this is specifically in sort of the world of, of e-com, like, marketing. Because what, what you'll see a lot is, like, copywriters for e-com are not actually really writing copy. Like, they're more just sort of the, the director of vibes, right? They just have to make people feel good. Hmm. Director of vibes. Director if of If you're vibes. a copywriter, ask for that to be your title. Yeah, yeah. Director of uh, vibes. Yeah, VP of feel good. Um, <laughs> and And – when you're when you find like a, a copywriter who's like a true copywriter's copywriter and they come into e-commerce all they do is mess everything up dude like they they come in and they're like oh no wonder these emails aren't converting this is not direct response enough and then mm -hmm. they like wipe out all of the you know strategy that was that they had before um and they would go and be like we're just gonna do plain text direct response and like you're writing like you're selling to a cold audience when like everyone on there has been on the list and they bought before or whatever right and that may work once or twice just because it's a pattern breaker. But for the most part, like that's not really what people want to see in their inbox. Right. Um, and it really does depend on the product, but like we can get into it if you want, but like, it's not like I just, it just makes you feel bad to read direct response copy. Like do you ever read like stuff from the nineties where like the, <laughs> the copywriter who wrote it, like he had to pay rent like tomorrow. And he was like, we got to sell this stuff. And like, it just, it feels like, you just got to take a shower after like, I'm just not a fan. I think that it, uh, I think, <clears throat> or another one is like, this is a, like, no one watches TV anymore. Right. Um, but like, if you're ever in a hotel, like just turn, like watch it. Cause if you're not, if you're not in a hotel, you're just like, not going to watch TV. Like, why would you, you probably don't even have TV on your like a home, like television unit thing. But mm -hmm. if you're ever in a hotel, just like watch ESPN past like 10 PM at night and uh and you're, you'll see some direct response stuff man and it feels a little cringy but at the same time you're like i mean but that product's pretty sick though right mm -hmm. like that's what you think and i'm like well that's the point like it it does feel that way but like you finish it feeling like i mean i know a lot about that product and i i definitely understand why i would buy it you know and maybe you do maybe you don't but um a lot of times it's uh, the direct response copy is very much like a, a value build. It, it's it's meant 
it's meant to do a, have a very specific effect. And that effect is, oh, I thought it would be way more than that. Does that make sense? So like when I see the offer of like, what is the product and how much does it cost? All of that direct response copy, the whole point of it was to just be like, oh, I, oh wow. With everything you were saying, like I thought it would be way more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's what I think it does well. I, and I get you, yeah, there's some cringiness to it. And there is like, I think everybody knows when they're being hard sold something, but if they're still paying attention, like you go to a used car dealership, you know, you're about to get hard sold, but you're still probably going to buy a car. Right. Um, I don't know. Yeah. That's so, so I do think it's effective and it works, but I do, I agree with you that like, if you're building a direct to consumer brand, as we know them, direct-to-consumer is getting a little bit different where it's not all D2C now, right? Like some people are distributing into Walmart and Target and stuff like that. Yeah. But if you're building a direct-to-consumer brand as we know them, um, part of what you're compromising is that direct response copy, right? And you are like, you know, the person who writes your emails, I, I'd completely agree with this. And we, Casey has a good example of it where like, if you just lead the vibe in the email and like, you know, we, we, like we used to, when we did emails, we would almost always write them for, like from a person, right? Like, you know, Mason at, you know, whatever it, it would be a fake name. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, Tony at true classic tees, it wasn't anybody who actually worked there, but, uh, you know, like Tony would get like people responding to him, like thinking he was real and thinking like, oh yeah, Tony, that was like, it was funny. Right. Like he said something funny or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, so that's what you end up being is just like this, this person that you're writing to an audience of people who just start to like vibe with you. And that works a little bit better, I think, in terms of getting people to buy and buy again, whereas uh, direct response might get people to buy once. That's exactly what I was going to say, where direct response, it's, it's very good at getting someone to make a fairly big purchase one time, but they're not going to buy again because I mean, it depends on how good the product is, but they might feel like. Man, like their marketing was really good, but like the, you know, everything on the back end just did not deliver. Right, right. Yeah. Um, well, and, it's a, and I actually will say that if you have a product, and so I know some brand, a uh, specific one I'm thinking of, ha goes very heavy direct response in their ads, emails, everything. Um, and they have really good lifetime values, but their product is like shockingly good. Like, <laughs> and maybe it's just me because I'm like, I expect a direct response. Like if it was marketed to me in a very direct response kind of way, I'm kind of like, eh, it's probably not that great of a product. You know what I mean? Like these guys right. are marketers are not product people, um, but their product is actually like, it really delights you when you use it. So if you have that, like if you have a product that people are going to be like, I'm surprised at how good this is, then yeah, maybe, maybe direct response is the play. But most people don't, right? Like most people, I think that everyone kind of expects the product to be good. Yeah. The product should be good. Um, right. But then you have like those massive Agora offers where right. like, they're just cranking out like 30, you know, um, split tests for a, you know, some scammy health supplement. Right. And, like and they do like, yeah, they run like 30 sales letters a week and they're just like trying to get people who are like 65 and don't even know what the internet is to, try right. to buy this thing. And they're selling super hard. And so like, yeah, it really does depend on, you know, what the, um, like how, how good the product is, but yeah, it's, it's just, it throws up red flags, at least for me. I don't know if I'm thinking of it as a marketer or if this is actually like a reflection of how regular people feel. Like it could be generational too. You know, I think a lot of people who have offers that cater to, um, boomers, right. For example, use really direct response copy. So maybe it works better. Um, whereas like you're pretty firmly Gen Z. Yeah. I'm very Gen Z. Yeah. I mean, maybe that direct response copy just doesn't, doesn't vibe with you, you know? Yeah. I think um, you also, you also have to look at awareness levels too. Right. Like, you know, the awareness levels. Yeah. 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 I, I'm, I'm familiar. I mean, you can review, you can review for people watching. Like, you know, you're not just talking to me here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I was, was going to say for anybody who doesn't know, um, Eugene Schwartz, a great marketer from back in the day, coined five awareness levels to sort of identify your target market. So you have, Number one, which is unaware. Number two, which is uh, problem aware. And you have three, solution aware. Four, product aware. Five, most aware. And so because I am 23 and I spend literally all day on the internet, like either talking to the people that I work with or like just scrolling around, like I'm very familiar with like the marketing messages that get pushed to me. Like I get hundreds a day. And so 
I'm very sensitive to bad marketing pitches. And I think that's true for a lot of people who are in my age cohort. And if yeah. you are, if you are 65 and you spent most of your life not using the internet, and even today you only use it for like an hour a day, you're not getting hundreds, you're getting maybe tens. And the ones that are gonna stand the ones that are gonna stand out most are going to be like the super direct response, super hooky, you know, whatever, right? Fill in the blank. But the, the reason I like to put it sort of on a spectrum is because you can be branded and be direct response without being super high pressure, like on this end of the spectrum. Right. right? Yeah. Well, and, and we're about to move into that. And But I'll say this too, you know, to close out that thought. I, I, yeah, I mean, I think that totally could be it. I think it could also be that I do actually think direct response copy works really well, no matter what the duration generation is. And, and sometimes you probably get got with direct response copy, but you don't think of it that way because you actually are the target. Like what's really cringy is when you're reading to copy for offers that aren't relevant to you, you know, mm -hmm. um, and direct response copies typically focuses on pain and you know who has more pain than other people, people who are three times older, right? Like people who are 60 have more pain than people who are 20. Um, so yeah, I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? And, and it might, you know, maybe it's something you age into, or maybe it's just like when you are actually, when the alpha actually is for you and you are the target, you don't really necessarily notice so much that it is as direct response -y. because I, I have caught myself before, like, you know, watching, four minutes of a YouTube ad and then realizing like, Oh man, this is just like super direct response, but it was relevant to me. Um, yeah. so yeah. for sure. So, so for, for e-commerce, for the DIYers, the people who are going to go, you know, write their PDPs themselves, write their emails themselves, write their ads themselves. What, what would you say is like the big number one kind of key to e-commerce copy? Basically we spent 20 minutes just so you can tell us this one thing and then we can just go home after that. Right. Like if you had to <laughs> <laughs> well, what's it? What is the main key, you know, to being a good ecom copywriter? Um, you you have to be, you have to sort of think of yourself as like the leader of the community of all of these people that have this one problem, right? So it, it doesn't have to be a main problem. Like, let's just say you're a drink brand. Like, I love Olipop's marketing, um, right. and like Olipop's brand voice is really just like a conglomeration of everybody in their audience. If they were just turned into one person, it would be Ollie, which is, I think it's Eli Weiss. So I can't remember. Um, no, he, he's moved to Jones road beauty now. Oh yeah. Just, you're not, you're not up on the, on the moves in e-commerce bro. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. He's at Jones road beauty now. I don't know who it is at. I don't know who the customer, the CX director is at Olipop anymore. Yeah. They're lucky to have him, but um, <laughs> yeah, this is, that was like super inside baseball. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, your job is to make people feel good. Sort of like going off what we were just talking about. Like if you, if you want to get people to buy and buy and buy again, like you have to create a community for people to sort of like, you have to have like inside jokes. You have to have, you know, a certain like personality that people can actually jive with. And that's how you deliver the message. And it doesn't matter if the message is, you know, you know 10 paragraphs long or two sentences as long as it sort of fits that brand voice, feels good, that's what people are going to relate to and that's where they're going to buy from you. Yeah. Yeah, no, and uh, um, honestly, I, I, I called out, this is the second episode in a row, I'm going to call out Casey. Um, the main thing that makes Casey buy things online, which is the main place he buys as many things as he can so that he doesn't have to go out into the world, um, is uh, the people he trusts, right? So he's he's a podcast guy, right? Which is evidenced by the fact that we have two podcasts together. Um, he's a podcast guy. And so he he buys a lot of stuff that is that people like his favorite podcast hosts read, right? Because, and, and he probably can kind of tell like there's probably some stuff that they read he doesn't buy because he can tell like, mm, yeah, I don't think they're really into that, right? Like, I don't think they really use that. And then there's some stuff that they read that he's like, Oh, yep. I'm convinced you got me. Right. Like, and I've heard him, I've heard him tell me things like he was trying to convince me to buy a bidet at one point. I heard him saying stuff that I know he just heard some podcast dude say, like he was making the arguments, like the DR arguments that somebody wrote in a script for a podcast guy. So that's exactly it. It's just like, uh, if you are a copywriter, like think more about who the message is coming from than what the message is, I think is is really what you're trying to say, right? So who is the message coming from? Well, it's coming from the brand, but like who? People want to identify with, with a person, right? So mm -hmm. like actually making it personal is probably like the main key to, to e-com copy. Casey, you got- I got to interject. I, I, I goaded you until you came back onto the yeah, show, so. for real. All right, Mason, are you on Team Bidet or not Bidet? 
I don't have a bidet. I actually, I tried one at my buddy's <laughs> house in Florida and dude, like it just made me feel weird. You like that? <laughs> you guys, you just feel like repressed, like American, like this whole, you guys don't, don't need to be ashamed about it. It's the only way to go, honestly. Like, Anyway, use, co- use code modcom at checkout. Use, yeah, use yeah. code modcom. We are currently seeking a bidet sponsor <laughs> a bidet for sponsor. the Commerce show. Uh, you can reach out to us on our YouTube. Channel. Yeah, talk about product though. Uh, Bidets.com. I mean, like bidets is pretty cool. Direct to consumer product to sell. Well, I mean, right. like, it can't the be copywriting and those. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Actually, actually, that's huge. So t- we were talking about literally bidet ads from influencers. This is way back. This must have been like two years ago. I heard a Russell Brand ad. I think it was Russell Brand. Or no, no, no sorry. It was Duncan Trussell. You guys know Duncan Love Trussell? Him. Love him. Um, so the the hook was if someone if someone uh, pooped on your face, exactly. would you wipe it off? Would you wipe it off with just a piece of paper, or would you do everything you could to like spray water in there and wash it off? Yeah, you get water involved. Whoa. If you got poop on any part of your body, would you just use paper? That makes no sense. That I think that's what that, John was talking about. That he thought I just heard from a podcast guy. It might have been Duncan, honestly. So. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it like, and you said multiple things that I'm like, yeah, that is fully regurgitated. Like, I know you would never actually say those words in that order. If it's good, like, it's worth. But you're like, but you're like, I bought in, right? Like, you bought in because, and it all it was was like it could have been written in an ad, right? And you would have scrolled right past it because you'd have been like, ah, oh, you're paying to put that in front of me. But as soon as they pay someone you trust, you know, to put it in front, it's like the instant hack, right? So it's the same thing with your emails though too, right? Like I, when we wrote for uh, Diesel Power Gear back in the day, we would always write from Diesel Dave, right? And it's just like, he was a known figure to those people. And, and he was big on Instagram and stuff like that too, but every email came from him. Uh, he never, sorry if you're on the diesel power gear email list, spoiling this, he never actually wrote any of those emails. It was all Casey, uh, but <laughs> it's all right. Casey channeling his inner diesel, Dave. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, like so much more relate, like when it hits the inbox and it says like D- Dave from diesel power gear. Right. Um, like now all of a sudden I'm listening. We had one of those too. We had this, we had this brand. I'll shut him out. Um, I don't know. Maybe they're listening. Pool Punisher. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. heard of that. It's like an inflatable like pool toy, and it you right. get, it's like a water cannon that like sprays like fifty feet. It's actually crazy. Oh yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, you, yeah, it's sick. Um, and they had a a mascot that was called Admiral Punisher, and like our play on that voice was not like we didn't want to use like the founder of the brand. Um, we literally just had like this because they had like these like super crappy like three D renders of like this fake CGI like drill sergeant basically and that was admiral punisher and he had like the mustache and like the america hat or whatever like the soldier cap and all of our emails would come from admiral punisher and he was just like just like giving like orders all the time like he always felt like we were at war so it's like you know summer's ending war is over like we gotta like we gotta send like um we gotta get you out to war with pool punisher whatever like it was it was ridiculous and like you can have a lot of fun with stuff like that like i love bird dogs for that reason i don't really get their emails anymore i think i might be like suppressed or something but um yeah, like when you're so- in marketing your inbox is a nightmare right like <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. A big like swipe list um but yeah dude like they're just so stupid but that's why i love them i've never bought from them because like apparently the product actually sucks but i love the scenario you actually laid out earlier where you know you hire this fancy copywriter to come in and you know 10x your your email revenue let's say by writing your emails and that person's a pro in their own right right but like doesn't necessarily translate to success because they come in with a whole new voice and the people who were digging the voice that was already there, it's like an ongoing conversation with an old friend. And then this new person comes in like, okay, for you to talk to your friend, you're actually going to go through me now. Like that makes no sense. I mean, sometimes it can work, right? If the conversation was dull and boring and not good, you weren't really friends with that original person. That's probably a good move to hire somebody who knows what they're doing and and can improve that. But it's like you said, it takes like a, a sense of like being sensitive to like, meet people where they're at in the conversation they're already having really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, the, the title of the episode is called practical tips for e-commerce copy. So if you were to boil this down, I mean, I think we're kind of discussing it and just uh, sort of, it makes sense to us cause we do it a lot. Right. So, but put yourself in the shoes of, of somebody who maybe just owns their own brand or is an in-house kind of marketer, marketing generalist at an e-commerce brand. Like, what do you think are like some practical, like, 
guidelines that you would give someone for like just writing better copy in their ads and or emails and or PDPs? Yeah, I, I got a couple of good ones for this because um, this is like straight from the copy MBA content, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so I think one of the things that I used to do all the time when I was like working just as a copywriter, like at an agency and a, a client would come in and they didn't really have a brand voice. I would get on Slack with them. I'd be like, tell me like a celebrity that if they could represent your product, like if they were like the number one top ambassador for you, like who would that be? For example, like- That would we, be your bug. Yeah, I did that with a fitness brand and he said, The Rock. I was like, okay, cool. So your brand voice is The Rock. That's who we're going to write as. And so then you you go through and like, I, I like I was able to do this because I did this all the time. I was doing my head. But for someone who like doesn't do this often, write down a bunch of like, personality about this person that you want to convey um, and then study the way that they sound because that's super important like male mm-hmm. voice and that's not it's not super hard to do like go through go through youtube and just like watch a bunch of videos or like read stuff that they write they'll write in their voice and as long as you sort of abide by those standards like their personality traits it's somehow, and you just put yourself in the in the position of them, it's going to come out sounding like them. Like, it's kind of like this weird magic thing. And then um, also make sure that you understand, like, what your customer wants. So test different things out. Like, really understand who they are so that you can speak directly to them, right? Like Casey said, like, it sounds like a, it's, if it's like a conversation with a friend, like, you need to make sure that if you're going to be a friend to them and they're going to buy from you because it feels like a friendship, like, you need to understand them too. And so do your research, make sure you know what they like, what they don't like, how they like to be spoken to, all that stuff. That's going to be sort of what moves the needle. And again, it's like, it's kind of like a marathon. Like if, if we were doing direct response, it would be a sprint where it's like you send one thing, one email or whatever, or send traffic to one sales page and that's it. But with this, like you need to sort of, again, build trust, make sure that people really like you. And then that's how you build a brand, which is why people buy. Yeah, there's actually tons of research on that uh, with authors and uh, comedians will say the same thing where it's like uh, if an author, authors will like try not to read too much of any other author while they're writing um, because then their voice will just they'll actually start to adopt that person's voice or comedians. Same thing I've heard from comedians like, oh, I actually need to like listen to less of him. You know, like he's one of my favorite comedians, but I need to listen to less of him because I, I feel like I already like do um, I like I deliver too much like him already. Um, so, yeah, it, it absolutely. Just read. It. And I, I remember actually this is <laughs> this is going to be weird. You probably didn't even know this conversation took place. But back when you and Casey were working on a project at uh, at Structured, it was a brand that catered more to like uh, con- like a conservative, you know, political market. Um, I know who this and- is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know who it is. And uh, I remember Casey telling me one time, he's like, dude, I like that Mason kid. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> and he goes, he goes, the other day, he just like said to me, he's like, man, before I write for these guys, I need to like listen to 30 minutes of like Ben Shapiro <laughs> before <laughs> I can like write anything. You know, yeah. and it's like, in case he's like, and then he writes pretty good copy after that. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, he, he practices what he preaches. I remember that. It's so funny. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good practice. I mean, you literally just gave that as a tip and here's proof in the pudding that you actually do that. So he's not just full of it, everybody. He actually yeah. does and you got a hell of a memory, bro. That was like two, two years ago, two and a half or no. Yeah, I just remember, I, I thought it was pretty funny. So I like kind of laughed and like, <laughs> I can't, I can't get the voice down for these guys until I listen to Ben Shapiro for at least 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I do that the other way too. Like I'm, I'm actually still well, always right. Yeah. No matter what the brand is, like if you're not it or if you're not like, immersed in it already it's just like very hard to like really get it you know yeah yeah like i i'm i'm currently like freelancing for this one brand they just need copy they don't need like our agency services i'm like i'm like not that busy right now i'm happy to help out so um it's a a female led brand um and i just throw on ariana grande and like just kind of get in the zone start dancing a little bit and i'm like all right like i'm i'm ready to go like it just feels like you, you really have to sort of like put yourself in that world. Like you that's why I love copywriting so much, dude, because it's so immersive. Like when you really get into something, like when you really start to feel like something, like you, it's, it's like a visceral thing. And also it makes you, if you're, if you're really writing, it makes you really want to buy the product you're selling. And it just like, it, um, it just like makes the copy even better. Like it's sort of like a, 
self-fulfilling prophecy, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's weird the way it works, but like, there's, there's something like romantic about just like, just get like getting lost in time and you're just like writing through someone else's voice. Like, it's really fun. I don't know if that's just me. I don't know if anyone else, yeah. the audience. Feels that well, I mean, look, I mean, a lot of people like being act, like acting. Um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of actors that I know are like, they, they like do, they do a better job. They're, they're far more capable of pretending to be someone who's capable than they are capable themselves. Right. And, and that's kind of like a mean thing to say, but like, legitimately like there's like uh, my uh, a relative of mine is like you know she just like has a hard time coping with life but if somebody like can just be like hey why don't you like play a character that can cope with life like she's like on right um and and yeah so i think that that's like i think that's a normal thing right and i think if you're doing copyright that's how like you should almost feel like a member you 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 almost should like really understand that market like it shouldn't be you shouldn't be forcing it and i like that that's a good tip right like you know if there was one celebrity who was like they would love this brand and they would talk about it like who would it be um that yeah like that's like a quick hack to get to your voice and just start listening to them write how they would write any other like simple tips you think simple tips um i have i have a couple of like I, yeah, I have other stuff that I want to definitely get into later. I don't really have anything off the top of my head, but we'll definitely okay. I'll, we'll come I, back to it for sure. I have one question for you that I think fits here probably as good as anywhere in this talk. Because um, sure. this is something maybe as I was doing a ton more reps in copywriting, this mattered to me. And I want to know, was I just in my head too much? Or is this an actual effect that you think matters? The aesthetics of the actual copy. Like forget what it says, right? Because like you mm-hmm. said, a lot of people don't even read copy depending on what it's in, right? If it's in an ad with a video, you're looking at the video first, right? But mm-hmm. sometimes the aesthetic of the copy, like a nice, like, you know, two lines, one like line, two lines. Literally how format. many words are on a line or how many lines there are before a break, that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, it's probably a rabbit hole you don't want to spend too much time. There's a point of diminishing returns, I'm sure if you think about that too much. But in what is your opinion on like the aesthetics of the actual shape of the copy. It doesn't matter if it's nice, clean, full lines, that there's nice breaks in between. What's your, what's your opinion on formatting that way? I've, I've moved away from that, but when I was like an agency copywriter, yeah, I was a hundred percent like this needs to look good too. Like that's what I meant more at the beginning when I was talking about how copywriting is like a little sister to design. Like they are one and the same or they should be like copy should be a part of the design. It should live inside of it. Like it should yeah. work itself in. Like if you're really like, and this is, I, I don't know anything about design. Like I, I don't even know how to use Figma or anything, right? But like a really good designer should make the words written feel like it's part of the image. And that's hard to do, but that's what makes something like super eye-catching and just beautiful. And like we can debate all day about like, does beautiful convert? Who knows? But like when you're a D to C brand and you just want to make people sort of like stop and go like, actually, dude, when things are beautiful, it's just like, it's so much easier to just show to a client. Like clients don't ask, like, is this going to convert? It just means like the client's stuck. <laughs> yeah. Like, for example, like when I write, for example, like if I wanted to write funny copy, you can, you can go back and forth. Like, is it going to convert? I don't know, but the client's going to love it. And they're going to, they're going to stay with us another month. And right. same, same sort of thing with design where it's like, if it just looks visually perfect, like you're in there, you know? Yeah. I mean, I take that, especially on like a landing page or something like where I'm actually creating like a landing environment for a bunch of traffic that's going to come in. Maybe it's an evergreen page. I mean, I will find myself almost like re like re going through like my word choice to be like, Hey, if I use a different word here, instead of this crazy, like, you know, three syllable word uh, instead of seven characters can i get to seven characters can i get to yeah instead of five lines if i go through this whole thing i can make it into three which is just like valuable real estate on something like a landing page or in an email or really anywhere right but uh, anyway i just wanted to touch on that and i did actually say i think that's a thing that gets missed a lot right because typically there's a process where and it's like designer copywriter right and copywriter writes and he doesn't write for the design he or she doesn't write for the design Right. And the designer designs and they don't really care about the copy. And I, I actually think that like simple thing of like almost if it could be the same person, that's amazing. Right. But like one of the two of them have to own like that idea of like the copy isn't it's like it doesn't have to be these exact words. It doesn't have to be this exact thing. Like it it, it 
needs to be right. Like if it did the end product just needs to be right. I think that's a big miss that happens a lot. I think the copywriter writes it and the designer uh, plugs it in, right? Like, you know, oh, I'll replace the lorem ipsum text with this. Or if you are yeah. working in more siloed off teams and it's two separate people working on these things, just make sure you both watch 30 minutes of Ben Shapiro before you do your, <laughs> your work. So it'll all come together. Yeah. Yeah. So no, speaking- dude, I, I've, I've gotten yelled at by designers before. Like, uh, like seniors can, you know, they could yell at me all day. I don't, I don't care. But like they they would yell and they'd be, they'd be like, yo, like don't give me 10 words in a header. Like I don't care if like it's a complete sentence. Like shorten it down. Like give me three words so that I can make it look good. And so like but that's good. Yeah, that's good that they're doing that though, right? Yeah, you know what I mean? I'm happy to take that feedback because I, I like right. to see a good finished product too. Like I don't want it to look like garbage. Yeah, <laughs> right. performance, right? It's all got to perform yeah. at the end of the day. All right, so moving into kind of ownership and things like that, what are what are some traits that I think three you said before the show? Hopefully it's so, hopefully three's right because that's what's in the banner. So if it's four, then just make it three. Um, three, yeah, a couple traits that you feel like good copywriters need. Yeah, it's three and a bonus, and I added the bonus. Like three and a bonus, yeah, nice. It was four, wasn't it? And we just wrote it wrong. <laughs> no, 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 it was three. It was three. You're good. Three and a bonus. Um, <laughs> so number one is uh, empathy, like 100%. We talked about this a little bit. You need to know exactly who your customer is. You need to be in their shoes. You need to feel what they feel. Um, and empathy is sort of, I don't really know if it's a trait that you're born with or if you can learn it. I think I was born with it. I got lucky. My parents are both empathetic people. Um, but I think like, it's just, it's more so just like caring enough to actually do the research, right? And also like the empathy of like, feeling like if you let your client down or your, or the brand that you're working with or whoever your boss down, you're going to feel that too. And so it's just like the incentive to actually do good work outside of whatever financial gain. I think that's super important um, because like, especially in an environment where copy is like the main thing, like outside of D to C where it is primary, then you need to sort of be super incentivized to do good work. But m- mostly this is about the, writer's relationship with the customer or the prospect two is awareness um and so that's that's awareness of uh like the awareness levels like where they are in those levels um where they're coming from because you're gonna write differently if it's like an email going to past purchasers or if it's an ad going to cold traffic or warm traffic or whatever right you need to like have a very good understanding of like not even just like the personality traits of the lead or the prospect it's like literally like what do they know and where are they coming from? So that's, that's super important. And then three is lack of ego because like, it doesn't matter who you are. You're always going to get feedback and you're always going to have someone, you know, like head of brand come in and tell you like, yo, you're way off. Like we need to be saying this and not this. And you kind of just got to take it on the chin and be like, all right, let's just do it. Because at the end of the day, the most important thing is getting people to buy your stuff. And yeah. like you arguing with like whatever creative director or whatever, like it's not going to get the job done. The bonus is something that I kind of realized after is being able to dumb it down. And this is based on like a bunch of content that I've seen, like a, a video and then a blog post that I read about it. And we can link this after if you want. Um, the art of yeah. dumbing it down, where it's like most people are dumb, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, it just means that you need to be very mindful that you're writing in a way that is understandable by pretty much everyone. Like in some cases your swipe file should not be swipe.co or like whatever Nick Sharma is like retweeting on Twitter. It should be (laughs) your friend from high school, like what they make their Instagram caption or like your 38 year old cousin, like their Facebook posts. Like they got two kids, a dog, like a a half a million dollar mortgage, like they're in life and they just don't have time to think about any, anything else. Like they're literally just like walking through blind. Like they don't know what's going on. Like they're not, they don't pay attention. There's no nuance there. Like they're just like designed to just react to things that hit them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're not paying attention. They, they don't, they don't really care about like how the copy is structured on the page. Right. It's, it's more so just like, how can you cre- create the best offer for them in as few words as possible and just make it extremely easy for like, just make it really easy. Right. Really easy to understand, really easy to, 
be like, oh yeah, okay, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And and I would actually say I think that a bunch of people will hear like most people are dumb and they'll be like, oh okay, well he's not talking about my market now because my market's like smart. They're more like upper middle class, uh, you know. Upper. It, it's not that they're dumb, right? Dumb is like it's that. Uh, you know, I think that like the the famous thing about like right Steve Jobs is that he just wore the same thing every day so that he didn't have to make that decision. He didn't have to think about that. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, that's how everybody operates. Like we only have so much space to actually like think about and make decisions in a day in any kind of period of time. And we use that on things like our kids, our, you know, workout, our work. Most of it gets used on our work, you know, when we're, when we're adults. Right. So if you want to show me an ad for a t-shirt, you think I should buy like you better make it pretty simple. Like you better not make me think if you make me think, then I might think, right. Like I'm very capable of thinking. Um, but I probably am not going to do that. Like you're, you're almost asking me to do more than you are when you're asking me to buy, when you're asking me to think like you want me to work so you can tell me why to buy something like, no, why would I like, you better make it pretty simple for me to understand why I should buy it. Right. Yeah. I'd even add on. I'd even add on to that, you know, for people who work internally on brands or even agency people who have worked on a certain brand for a few months, you know, we have a tendency to sometimes forget the context. We already know that somebody who's freshly hearing about this brand has no idea about, you know, like you go like, oh, everybody's already heard about the the mission behind this brand. But, you know, there's always going to be that person who this is the first thing they see and you left out some mission based copy that usually you'd put in and they're like, oh, I don't care about this brand. But had they known it had some you know, sustainability, you know, mission, they're like, Oh, I would have loved that. But instead it was just some t-shirt. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it's like some sale that they named themselves. That's my favorite. <laughs> the, you know, the whiteboard day sale, right? Like, it's like, what does that even mean? Is, was it whiteboard day to day? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm past it now. I'm past it. I don't Are you I'm just gonna find like out. saying things you see in the room? I, I said, thing, uh, yeah, I love lamp. I love lamp. Um, had to do it yeah but like it it just you know like they use like inside inside language right because they're thinking about it every day forget to they get forget to realize that people aren't thinking about it all the time and yeah you just you can't make it you can't make it complicated for people to understand like what your value prop is as a brand you know with the product whatever it is that you're kind of driving toward with the conversion i love that um Got to dumb it down. And, and that doesn't mean you have to like specifically like say things in a dumb way, but like just write simply, right? Like if you can say it in two words, don't use five. If you can say it in a simple, like, you know, 10 cent word, don't use a $1 word, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. It. It's like the Mr. Beasts of the world who are just making like easy to understand content and like, nobody's getting upset nobody has to think about anything like those are the people that are going to do really really well and get the most reach and also you have to understand this is sort of like a like a this point sits right in between your two points uh like nobody really cares as much as you do right like on on one hand like you're gonna think uh, you're gonna stress about like the words you're gonna use and try and make it like as you know as perfect as possible nobody really cares as long as the right message is there they're gonna buy and like it's it's just not important to them. So like they're not going to put a ton of brain power into it because it's just, it, it's like 0.001% of their day. Right. And that's why, that's why it's hard. You know, marketing is hard right now because yeah. like people are, people are bombarded all the time and you can't make them think you just have to like be the, it has to be the lowest barrier to entry decision that they can make right and and honestly i actually i i am even thinking of situations where i have specifically decided not to purchase something because i had to take a second to understand it and like it's not like i couldn't take the second or couldn't understand it or whatever but i'm basically and this is probably like the marketer game respects game game also respects not like not game right so it's like oh yeah you made it too hard for me and i'm going to now penalize you by not buying Right. And and I actually have the conscious thought that says that exact thing in my head. Other people probably don't think about it exactly like that. They just like get distracted. Right. Um, Or they just like, oh, yeah, I don't know how that works. Um, You know, and then 
like you're in a digital environment, man. Like there are so many notifications coming through their phone. Like I, I would love what Frank Kern said one time where he's like, you know, if you want to advertise on the internet, you're competing with like literally like cute animals and naked people. Like, <laughs> like that's what you're competing. That's what you're up against. Right. So like, you better get my attention. You better keep my attention. You better make it really easy for me or otherwise, you know, they're going to go look at naked people. Like that's, that's just it. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, um, yeah, I think that's it, man. I like anything else you kind of wanted to, you think is important for people as they take away, kind of go write their own copy or go, I mean, maybe copywriter at an agency, anything like that. Um, yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we, talk we can make it the parting shot too. You know, I, I think, I don't think we need to double here. down. Yeah. You know, if you want to TL, if you were to TLDR the episode and kind of say like, look, if there's one thing you need to know about copy, especially for e-commerce, you know, this is it. Um, I think, I think so much of brand is being likable. And if there's one thing that you can study, wh like whether it's for ads or email or lander or whatever, it's how can you be more likable? How can you make everything um, that exists in your funnel just more fun or, or more like sweet or nice or funny or whatever? I think that's so huge and people really mess that up and like really focusing on like how the customer feels when they're going through your marketing messages is like the, the highest ROI thing that you can do um, on the creative side for sure. Beautiful. Well, Mason, thank you so much for being on. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I don't know why I'm doing this. I should just hand this. I, I should not talk after the parting shot. I should just let Casey talk and say all the things. Say the YouTube things, Casey. I guess so, man. Uh, thank you, Mason, for joining us. It's been a good episode. I think we said a lot of stuff that you don't always hear uh, marketing professionals talk about. So appreciate you coming on and sharing the real truth with us. Uh, John, as always, it's a pleasure. Modern Commerce, thank you for watching this far into the video. If you find yourself watching this far in, hopefully you liked it. So go ahead and drop a like down on the video, down over wherever it is over here. Uh, subscribe to our channel so YouTube knows that you like our videos. I hit the bell icon to get notifications for whenever we drop new content onto the channel. You'll get notified and you won't miss a thing because you don't want to miss a thing. And as always, until next time, we'll see you. Hey, ModCom, this episode was brought to you by Pencil. I'm a creative strategist at the agency that John and I work at. If you happen to be a creative strategist or you're just having a hard time rolling out enough new creatives for testing, then I have the perfect solution for you. It's trypencil.com. Over at Pencil, the AI will help you determine what your best performers are. It'll even break it down into what elements of those best performers are helping making those ads go. And it'll also take those elements and create whole new ads for you to push live straight from their platform right over to Facebook and IG. So go to trypencil.com if you want to use this and use the promo code modcom15 to save 15% off of any paid plan they have over there. You can always start with a free plan. Uh, go ahead. Actually, I recommend it even, but we're confident you're going to want to upgrade as soon as you try it out. So just remember to go to trypencil.com, use the promo code modcom15 to save 15% off of any plan. And thank you for tuning into Modern Commerce.